Welcome in to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation home for all things Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and it's that time of year, folks, March Madness, tourney time. I've got Joey Blackwell and Katie Windham with me who are out in San Diego getting ready to cover Alabama versus Notre Dame in the 2022 Men's NCAA Basketball Tournament. Guys, how's it going? I know you guys literally just landed there about a couple hours ago, uh, getting settled in. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. There's already been a couple some madness, right? Gonzaga struggled early with Georgia State, put them away though. But Richmond takes down Iowa. Uh, how are you guys enjoying the California life? That 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 even though you've only spent a few hours there, it's nice. Nice weather out here so far. Excited to be out here covering the team. You know, it wasn't the best logistically wise trying to get out here, but destination-wise, really couldn't have picked much a better spot for Alabama to be sent to. Yeah, it was foggy this – very, very foggy this morning in Birmingham. We had to get up early to leave, and it was really cold too. So now it's uh, high 60s, low 70s, and sunny. So quite a quite a weather change, but, you know, it's uh, we're really excited to be here and looking forward to watching some – hopefully some good basketball this weekend. Yeah, and I've seen some photos from guys like Chris Stewart, Brian Pasnick. Like, it, it looks beautiful out there um, right now. And, man, I really wish I could be out there uh, just enjoying that experience. Because, you know, Joey, me and you last year were there in Indianapolis, and it was all in the bubble, right? It was it was all in one central location, uh, yeah. which was really cool. It was very unique, obviously. Uh, but this, this really feels like the tournament, right? I mean, you've got games going on all over the place in the country, uh, and you guys are out there. Alabama versus Notre Dame on Friday afternoon – Tip off roughly three fifteen ish. Um, the, the winner will face te- the winner of Texas Tech and Montana State. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. Alabama Notre Dame. Al- Notre Dame had it took them two overtimes to beat Rutgers in the in the first four over in Dayton. Just you know what? I'm watching that game. It was very very nerve wracking. Right, either way, uh, went back and forth. But the fact that Notre Dame now had to travel late last night, get into San Diego from Dayton, had to just play a double overtime game. And all sounds are pointing to that's an Alabama's favorite right there as, you know, the team that, you know, doesn't have to worry about fatigue or anything like that. Yeah, yeah no, I completely agree. You know, I, I, you know, going into this game, I thought if Rutgers could get past Notre Dame, then I really thought the Rutgers would give Alabama a bigger fr- fight uh, in that first round. But with Notre Dame being able to pull it off in that fashion, on top of it being in double overtime, um, you really kind of just taking a step back and looking at it, you really like Alabama's chances here. Um, at least to go to the second round. and and But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Notre Dame does have some solid players. You know, we saw players like Goodwin, you know, who had who performed really well for them in that over that, that second overtime period, kind of helped them get that win there except for the final shot. But, um, no, all around Notre Dame does present a solid threat. But at the same time, if you're an Alabama fan, you got to be excited that you're playing the Fighting Irish instead of the, the Scarlet Knights this weekend. Yeah, that was definitely my thought as I was – I covered the softball game last night at Rhodes and then was driving over Birmingham to spend the night, so I didn't get to watch any of the – where I had a little bit of the Rutgers Notre Dame game on while I was packing, but I listened to the end of the game and overtime in the car when I was driving, and it's like went to overtime and then went to double overtime, and I was thinking, yeah, this is only working in Alabama's favor, that whatever team ends up winning, you know, um, was going to have to play a double overtime game and then fly to the other coast. And it was funny. At one point, the radio broadcasters, I can't remember now who they were. I don't even know if they, I heard their names, but they were really entertaining. They were good on Westwood one for that uh, Notre Dame Rutgers game. But they were saying the happiest person right now is NATO's because, you know, it, it, I guess it kind of 
probably Charlie Henry wasn't too excited because he kept having to scout both teams, but late into the night, but um, you know, that whoever was going to win was going to be pretty worn down and it ended up being Notre Dame. And so in the little post-game interview on the radio, they asked the guy who had the game winning shot, uh, Paul Atkinson Jr., you know, are you worried at all about, um, you know, kind of this quick turnaround and playing this grinding game and then having to fly the West Coast to play Alabama? And he was like, no, absolutely not. You know, it's March. This is what, you know, it's what we're playing for. It's, you know, win or go home. And so um, they're ready to come out here, but I, I don't know how physically ready they're going to be after kind of playing a double overtime game and then having to fly all this way. Yeah, and there's always a team every year that, that makes that run, right, from the first four to even the final four. UCLA did it last year, and there's some teams in the past that have done that. But uh, Notre Dame, just by the numbers, look at some Ken Palm, uh, 120 – sorry, uh, an adjusted offensive efficiency. Uh, they're 27th. And then in defensive efficiency, they're 97th. And tempo, uh, really, really slow, right, 256 in the nation in tempo. Uh, so Alabama, you know, they're going to want to speed it up that, you know, there's advantage Alabama right there. Uh, Paul Atkinson, you mentioned him, you know, he, he dropped 26 in that Rutgers game. I really thought the same thing too, Katie, I th or Joey. I thought, man, if Rutgers gets by uh, Notre Dame, this is really the bad matchup for Alabama um, because, you know, guys like uh, Ron Harper Jr., Geo Baker, um, they've got some really skilled players and they've had some big, they had some big wins of the year, man, playing in the Big Ten, a very, very tough conference. But Notre Dame, I mean, Alabama shouldn't – it shouldn't maybe be a sigh of relief, but I think this team really needs to come out and play free. And where I think do think Notre Dame might have an advantage is that their first game is out of the way, right? The first game is always the toughest. And so they, they can play free. They can play loose. Alabama, we saw late in that Vanderbilt game in the SEC tournament, right? They tightened up. They turned the ball over. They blew a double-digit lead. Um, you know, and maybe maybe the good thing for Alabama is that they're playing so far away from home, right? They're playing in San Diego. Maybe that's a good thing for Alabama. Um, maybe people need to look at it that way. Well, you know, one of the things that sticks out to me about this Notre Dame team that could really be a thorn in, in Alabama's side is their lack of turning the ball over. They they do really they have really excellent ball control, even against Rutgers last night, who is a really high. Uh, who's a team that's really good, solid at turning at forcing turnovers. Notre Dame only turned the basketball over five times last night. And Alabama has been able to do has has been one of their biggest struggles Turn lately. The ball over five ball. times every three minutes. Yeah, exactly. You know, Alabama's really struggled turning the ball over. So if Notre Dame is able to kind of stick with that and not only avoid turning the ball over, but force Alabama to turn the ball over, that could be a really, really bad, you know, bad for Alabama you know, should it get out of hand. Those are just one of the first things that popped off the page looking at stats from yesterday. Yeah, and Tyler, that's an interesting point you bring up about, you know, Notre Dame already has that one game under their belt. Um, because me and Joey were talking about this when we were driving to the airport this morning, is that, you know, this Alabama basketball team is so hard to predict. I said on our pre-SEC tournament podcast that I was just done trying to predict them because you just never know. And I thought it was interesting that um, – I think it was Keon Ellis, but maybe it was Nato's too, were saying that, you know, they knew in that Vanderbilt game that their season wasn't going to be over even if they lost. They knew they had the in-state tournament coming up. Well, now they know there is nothing left if they lose. And so will that be the sense of urgency? Will that be the thing that finally gets this team, you know, going and playing more consistently um, in this first-round matchup against a team that has already played the first game, like you said? Yeah, and, and for Alabama's sake, you just – you just hope, right, that that they're gonna say, let's go into this with have, having fun and with a mindset of, hey, let's let's leave it all on the court, right? We don't want to be remembered as this Alabama team that was just up and down like a roller coaster type year. You know, there's been plenty of Alabama teams that can be remembered for that, right? You don't want to leave any doubt 
And I, I think that there's the leaders on this team that, you know, we've talked about all year um, that maybe this is their time to step up. And when the, when the light's the brightest, right, Jaden Shackelford, uh, Javon Quinterly, James Rojas has been that, you know, really vocal leader. Uh, but this is their time to shine. And, you know, if they get by Notre Dame on Friday, then I know everyone's going to, you know, sit there hoping for Montana State to upset Texas Tech because that I do think is a bad matchup for Alabama. Just given the defense that Texas Tech plays, they're number one in the country in defensive efficiency. They're long, they're athletic. It'd be a bad match. Alabama would have to shoot lights out from three to be able to win that game. Um, but then you look at it, if they get to the second weekend, you know, they'd be playing potentially Duke or Michigan State. You know, and I know Alabama fans would really want to see, uh, you know, have a chance to knock out Coach K in his final game uh, as, as the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. That would be really, really interesting. Yeah, no doubt, especially after the the whole, you know, fat between Nates and Coach K last year. I know, I know Alabama fans would be really excited about that. But not going that far ahead, you know, Texas, you know, you're talking about Texas Tech. I, I do think that if Texas Tech is able to move on to the second round, as is Alabama, that could be a really bad matchup for, for the Crimson Tide, just because not only, like you said, Tyler, they're long and athletic, but also they have really solid guards, um, their guard play is really good. They're also more than capable of shooting the three, which is something that Alabama has struggled with lately. Alabama has really struggled at defending the three almost as much as they have shooting it. So Texas Tech presents a whole new load of problems for Alabama should the Red Raiders also advance. But, you know, focusing on this game that's right in front of us, Alabama has to get through Notre Dame first the day after St. Patrick's Day in the Irish. So, <laughs> And maybe that's a good sign for them, though, that it's not on March 17th. I didn't even think about that. I saw a couple of people at, uh, boarding our plane today that had on Irish stuff, and I was like, oh, Notre Dame fans coming out to San Diego. But then I was like, I realized it's St. Patrick's Day, and they probably were just wearing St. <laughs> Patrick's stuff. But, yeah, I mean, this team, like I said, they're hard to predict. And, I mean, you look, and could they make a run to the Sweet 16? Absolutely. Could they knock out? Coach Kane Duke, I'm sure Nate Oates would really relish that opportunity um, and the players as well. But um, we, we really just don't know. And, you know, Tyler, you, you brought up Jane Shackelford and Javon Quinterly. And we saw Javon Quinterly play really well in the postseason last year. And then Joey wrote about earlier this week about how this um, weekend and if Alabama advances, it's kind of a homecoming for Jane Shackelford out in California. Um, it's something kind of unique that Patrick Murphy tries to do with softball that he'll try and play tournaments at least once every four years for a girl that's in their hometown. So when you had Maddie Morgan from Washington State, they went and played on Seattle. Or Bailey Hintfield, they went and played Lafayette. Well, basketball scheduling, they're not really thinking about that. They're thinking about HTI intelligence and doing analytics and whatever. And so Jaden Shackelford hasn't gotten to play, you know, in front of his hometown crowd. And so, um, you know, we've seen him multiple times throughout his three years at Alabama become really hot shooting at the three and when he's he does that and if you can get one more guy hot shooting with him it's hard to beat this team and so um well him being in his home state and kind of in front of his hometown crowd and a lot of friends and family that may not have gotten to see him play the last three years um could we see him really step up in this tournament along with jq um and keon ellis and jd and you know kind of the whole gang that needs to step up if alan is to make a run okay this is gonna kind of I mean, you kind of led into it right there katie but Alabama advances over Notre Dame if if what one singular thing happens outside of scoring more than the other team. What is the one thing that Alabama's got to focus on and got to do to win this game on Friday afternoon? Well, if you listen to late Nate Oates this week, which I wrote about this morning, it's not just one thing, it's three things. He said multiple times this week, 
take care of the ball, so not turn it over, make layups, and make free throws. So to me, the I guess if, if you want just one, to me the biggest thing is not turning it over because turning it over hurts you on offense and defense. If you turn it over, you're losing a possession on offense, and a lot of times that can lead to fast-break points on offense for the other team and hurts you on defense. So Alabama's got to limit the turnovers, um, and a lot of them lately have just been really bad turnovers, dumb decisions, dumb passes, and so um, I think that's going to be a key against Notre Dame, especially a team that plays, you know, like you said, a little slower that you don't want to give them extra possessions. Um, they're probably not going to be trying to speed you up, so just take your time and don't make dumb passes. Joey, what you got? No, I actually completely agree with Katie. I think the key to the game is not, not turning the ball over. You know, I've talked about that earlier. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest struggles for Alabama over its final stretch of the season was turning the ball over, and that's ultimately what led to the losses at LSU and Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. If you give the – when you, and like Katie said, when you turn the ball over, it does more than just hurt your offense because you don't have the – you know, because you don't – I mean, turnovers are what cause point swings. You know, because not only do you lose points on your end, but then they have the potential to gain points on their end. And we've seen, uh, you know, especially down the stretch, we've seen J.D. Davison struggle with maintaining the ball um, particularly, but also Javon Quinterly, Jaden Shackelford, um, Keon Ellis. And uh, another thing is, you know, I know they're not counted as turnovers, but rebounding as well. You, you've got to – Alabama has to improve their offensive rebounding as well. There's no excuse to, for when you miss a shot to not have the effort to try to go after the ball and just give it up to the other team. So, um, so offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, and turnovers, um, those are the three things that I really look to. If Alabama can lock those down, I really think they, they have a chance. And as NATO always says, you know, if you give the effort on defense, the shots are eventually going to fall. But if you don't have that effort on defense, you know, you're not going to improve your standing at all. Notice how neither of you said three-point shooting. I mean, so this the whole shots will fall if the defense comes exactly, together. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Living and dying by the three is just I don't, I don't it's not applicable to this team because they don't shoot at such a high efficiency. So that's the thing, right? I mean, for Alabama, they've got a junkyard dog this time, right? They've got to go out here, they've got to be gritty, they gotta be blue collar, they gotta do these things right. And and I think too, I mean, I think they're built for this. I think they're they're non-conference slate, right? Um, really is going to help them here in the in, in the postseason because you look at you look at Notre Dame. I mean, right? They, they went through the ACC. ACC. This is one of the most abysmal years this conference has had in recent memory. Uh, you know, Alabama. You know, has been able to go and slay some giants. Right? Gonzaga, uh, Baylor, Houston, uh, Tennessee, Arkansas. They, they've gone and they they've played much stiffer competition. And I think that's what's going to kind of propel them here and the guards too. So for me, my thing is, is actually Javon Quinterly. Javon Quinterly is going to set the table for this team. And I, I've said it all year. He's the best player on this team. He go Alabama goes as he goes. And I think that continues uh, on Friday afternoon in San Diego against Notre Dame. Uh, he's my kind of X factor to watch. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be looking at Keon Ellis too, right? These are moments where, you know, there was so much hype going into the season and we saw at the beginning of the year where he was like, could he be the next Herb Jones, right? Uh, was scoring a little bit better. He's a guy who's going to have to lock down defensively. You know, he's going to have to lock down uh, Atkinson from, from Notre Dame um, and, and really make it difficult for him, one of their better players. Um, so, yeah, Javon Quinterly is really my key. Um, I'm sorry. Well, if, go ahead, go ahead. 
Osh can say, I mean, even Nato has said himself recently that Alabama goes how their guards go. So he didn't say we go how our three point shot goes. Um, I think I've made, I've said this on here before that if Alabama lived and died by the three, they'd be dead because there's been multiple times that you're not shot at well. Um, and so, but, but the thing is, if they have a game, especially in a tournament, if they can get hot shooting the three, then they're going to be, it's going to be almost impossible to beat them if they can't get that. But I definitely agree with you um, that Javon Quinterly is a huge X factor for this team, not even throw. Um, I don't know what the final stats are because I haven't checked on it in a while, but I know for there was a good period of time where when J.D. Davison had scored double digits that uh, Alabama was undefeated or maybe had like one loss. And so if you can get more from him on offense, if he can be a little more aggressive going to the rim, um, he's athletic enough that if he goes to the rim more times than not, he's either going to get fouled or make a shot, but he just gets so timid down there sometimes that I think if you can get him contributing on offense a little bit more, and if you look at his stat line from Vanderbilt, he had a lot of assists, a lot of rebounds, um, not a lot of points. He's been distributing the ball pretty well lately, um, but if he can you know, contribute points-wise, I think that'd be big too, which goes along with the whole thing if they go how their guards go. Great point. J.D. Davison, uh, I thought he's been playing his best basketball over the last month and a half or so. Um, and hopefully that will continue. I, I thought in the Vandy game he made some terrific plays. Um, and we'll see what happens, right? When the, when the lights shine bright, these are when these stars come out. But you go look at Tennessee's run in the SEC tournament. Why did they make a run? Well, Kennedy Chandler is a big reason for that, right? I mean, uh, they're freshman point guard. Can J.D. Davidson kind of replicate that and be that for Alabama? We'll see. You know, he hasn't been asked to do that all year. Um, but we'll see in this kind of tournament setting who gets hot here. I'm sorry if you had Iowa. Uh, earlier on Thursday, they were obviously eliminated by the Richmond Spiders. But who is your guys' final four picks as it stands right now? Uh, I actually have uh, – I'll just go first. Um, I have Gonzaga, obviously, um, Tennessee, um, Baylor, and Kentucky. Those are my final four. Um, I know that the odds of that happening are some that I actually know, Kentucky and Baylor in the same bracket. I have to look it up uh, uh, who I got, but <laughs> I know I have like five brackets, so they get jumbled sometimes. But I know that I have Kentucky and Tennessee in there, and I also have Gonzaga. Those are the ones that stick out. Oh, you're one of those five yeah. brackets. Well, be a one-bracket person, man. If you're a person who does multiple brackets, I just, it's chaotic, right? I mean, cool. stick with your gut. <laughs> go, with, go with what you know. One Let right. me go with my personal one that isn't in a group. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't fill one out until like late last night, like literally at like 1 a.m. Um, before I went to sleep. I, f- I finally filled out the tournament challenge app. So I have mine pulled up. I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, Kansas in my final four. I kind of have a crazy uh, elite eight and sweet 16 majority. Some of I had, I had um, South Dakota State in sweet 16. That's gone. I, have, I think I have a little bit of wishful thinking with <laughs> um, Miami in the Elite Eight because I have them, you know, coming out of Auburn's part of the bracket. Um, but, you know, who, it, this is March, as they say, so who knows what's going to happen. As, as John Rothstein says, if you bought a bracket, have some kerosene nearby because you just never know. Is yeah. that that Miami pick, is that is that wishful or is that hopeful thinking? Are you see, that happens? I mean, I don't know because because they are playing had, the Auburn Tigers in the second round. If that was the case, yeah, that's I have them beating Auburn in the second round. This I I, I don't, but but then today I think some of some of Auburn's media availability quotes. You know, after um, Katie Johnson just had the awful game in their first game in the SEC tournament I feel like there's I mean it's like statistically impossible to play that bad again so I feel like they're going to be motivated by how they went out there but 
their their guard you know we've been talking about guard play I feel like their guard play has not been the best as of late so you need that in March and so if it's just Jabari and Walker Kessler it's gonna be tough for them to make a run so I, I finally looked it up. I, I got three of the four right. The one that I was missing was Kansas. I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Kansas. And that is in my my neutral bracket that I actually sit down and fill out to the best of my ability that I'm not trying to earn a chunk of cheddar for uh, submitting. So <laughs> oh, this is – mine's probably going to go to shreds here in the next 24 hours. But I, had, I, do, I do have Richmond in the Sweet 16. Uh, I did have South Dakota State beating Providence. That didn't happen. But my final four – Illinois coming out of Arizona's bracket. I've got Duke coming out of uh, Gonzaga's bracket in the West. And I've got Kentucky and I've got Kansas. Mm. I've got Kansas beating Illinois. And then I've got uh, Kentucky beating Duke. Kentucky then beating Kansas. The Kentucky Wildcats will be your national champions. Uh, you know, the, I mean, these picks, I mean, they're not groundbreaking for me. I mean, three out of four Blue Bloods. I think Illinois is a, a sneaky team. We'll see if they can get past uh, Chattanooga and then maybe even UAB. Uh, in the second round. Um, but guys, really appreciate y'all coming on here. I hope you're out in California for a long time uh, during this during these next two weeks. I hope you guys have fun. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe when you come back, you'll have two Alabama wins with you. Maybe so. Well, if Alabama wins, they'll, they'll come back with uh, maybe more than that because we'll be sticking around here. So fun going on in San Francisco. So, but yeah, thank you for having me, Tyler, and I appreciate it. Yeah, we're looking forward to being out here. We're about to go scout Notre Dame in a little bit. So, um, since I haven't got to watch much ACC basketball this year, that should be interesting. Awesome. Well, for Joey Blackwell and Katie Wyndham, I'm Tyler Martin. This has been another edition of the All Things Bama Podcast. Thank you.